Are you tired of generic mass-produced furniture that falls apart after a few months? It's time to invest in high-quality, custom-made furniture from a skilled carpenter. At Esquivel Carpentry, they specialize in creating unique, one-of-a-kind pieces that will last a lifetime, from sturdy tables and chairs to elegant bed frames and bookcases. They have the skills and experience to create any type of furniture you can imagine. So why settle for generic furniture when you can have something truly special? They are a small local business, so go check out their website today at esquivalcarpentry.com to learn more about their custom carpentry services and if they are located near you. Bienvenidos to Melo Meresco. I'm your host, Andrea Teeda. In this show, we learn from amazing individuals who are at different stages of their journey. These are individuals with different careers who took the leap, are breaking generational patterns, and are creating their own reality. Therefore, with any goals we have, these conversations remind us that Melo Meresco, no other explanation needed. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Melo Meresco. We have another awesome guest today, Irais, uh, co-founder and CEO of Sin Titulo, a clothing apparel shop. So go check them out. They also host, which is, which we're going to talk about this later, but they host um, mental health discussions and networking events. So go check them out for more information. But Irais, thank you so much for being here and welcome. How are you? <laughs> Hi. Um, thank you so much for, for putting us on the podcast. Um, yeah, my name is Irais. I started Sintito alongside my two sisters in 2020. Um, so family-owned operation based here in Chicago. Um, very much started off with shirts, especially during the pandemic. It was a time of one the communication aspect with strangers and, and just mm. your your loved ones was was very scarce. Um, but then another layer going on with social justice and, and, and just really being cooped up with your own minds and thoughts. Mm. So instead of like, I found myself in a position of like constantly repeating myself on social justice or mm. cultural ties that I have with my identity. And I was just strained mentally and physically strained from repeating myself um, that I was like, what's an outlet that I can um, utilize on an everyday basis? And mm. what I really honed in on was apparel. So really having the apparel do the talking um, for us without straining our voices. Mm. And that's kind of where it started off. My sisters alongside also had the same mindset. So individually we had, um, this want and this desire in the market to really um, have what Cintitolo was providing that previously no one that we saw was was truly honing in on, like unapologetic designs yeah. for us, made by us. And so our first shirt honestly took two hours to make. It was with <laughs> our cousin. It was the longest process because like we knew we wanted to do this, but like knowing how to do apparel was something brand new to us. Mm. Um, and we started very like rinky dinky like in terms of like no website no um we had an email but it was like dm us on instagram to order like it was so low budget and that's how, how kind of how we wanted to start off was like test out the waters and then keep on growing momentum and our mm -hmm. first launch i think I was on my way to like vacation. So I honestly mm -hmm. had like zero thought of it blowing up as much as it did. Okay. Um, so just to get the love and support from our friends and loved ones has been amazing. And I love how the transition at first was a lot of faces that I knew. And then mm -hmm. slowly we started growing, we started seeing new and new faces. So mm -hmm. just to see 
our most recent event, I walk in and I'm like, I don't know 90% of these people. So that's a blessing um, just to see how how our our brand relates to so many new faces as well as our loved ones. Yeah, yeah. Um, I want to ask you, because you said you, you were talking about like 2020. Is that when you launched your, your first, the, the first launch or? Mm-hmm. So we officially launched August of 2020, but then I August believe our first like um, drop was September. So the following month. Mm. And how did you guys, cause you guys, you said that you did like the first like shirt, like in, like, in a two hour process, but how did, um, like even before that, were you guys already like doing your research on like the the type of brand, the, not the type of brand, the type of material, the type of t-shirts, like everything that goes to actually execute the the whole business, the whole clothing apparel? Honestly, I feel like TikTok really helped a lot with mm-hmm. that. And I somehow I got on like business entrepreneur TikTok early on. Mm-hmm. And so I've seen a lot of videos of it. And I've always been a, a creative um like ever since I was little so I would always go like to Hobby Lobbies and the Michaels and all that Mm. so I already had that sort of um background Mm -hmm. and I believe I got asked this before but I used to make shirts for myself like I used to Mm. hot glue designs (laughs) and then I would peel them stick them on a shirt and then spray paint them so then Mm -hmm. it would have that kind of effect so I I completely forgot that I used to do shirts (laughs) myself um but in terms of like material not necessarily however early on we did have a few events where it was an interactive event event where people could come in make their own shirts Mm -hmm. however they got to pick out the colors the shirt types so we had different types of shirts one that was branded with like champion on it um a lower tiered budget or like a nicer higher quality shirt Mm -hmm. so then we kind of let the consumer help us in that process and be like oh Mm -hmm. i really like this shirt I really like this colorway. I like this design. So yeah. that was like one, like the customer loves it because they get to customize it and really yeah. make these little theirs. Mm-hmm. But then for us, I was like, that's great research and, and market data for us. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was definitely a learning experience with um, the materials and, and all of that. Mm, okay. And you said like you started like since the beginning, like those, doing those events, like uh, the do it yourself events and how mm-hmm. like with those events how did you or how did you like plan it because you know like there's like a lot of times where people want to do these these type of things like but how do i do it like how do i figure it? like for you how was that process and it was um and this was with your sisters too right mm-hmm. yeah so um, how was that i'm the type of person to not necessarily have all the answers or i just make things work at the end so mm-hmm. when a lot of people are like oh i wish i could start a business um but I don't know how. I'm like, no mm-hmm. one essentially knows how. So if you were waiting to be 100% ready mm-hmm. to have all the materials and all the resources and whatnot, you'll never be ready. Um, it's a learning yeah. process. So you kind of just, I'm a person to just kind of like go in. I'll set a mm-hmm. date and I'll tell everyone. I'm like, okay, that's <laughs> my accountability to make this happen. Mm-hmm. So in terms of venue, it was outside of our courtyard in our apartment. Um, mm-hmm. We... So at, the shirts were made up here because we, we have materials, uh, like machinery that mm-hmm. requires a lot of electricity. But downstairs was where everyone was able to look at our books. And mm-hmm. we had like a little, um, we had a DJ, uh, we had some games out, but literally mm-hmm. like going to 
going to Target and getting like a bag set for people to play with. Um, the DJ was a friend, so then we connected with her. We made like a little DIY um, like drink situation, mm -hmm. drink station. But honestly, like we just used our front yard, front yard, mm -hmm. not even that much decoration. Um, kind of thought of a process and honestly in terms of lo the logistics because you're making all the shirts by hand mm. that was a learning curve for us so then honestly what was the best policy was doing an event learning from that and then doing better on the next mm. one and the next one mm. um and then in addition really having our friends and family like help out um because it was a lot for two people. Like my sister was the one making the shirts. I was the one kind of hosting and like mm. explaining the process to everyone. And then we mm. realized we needed someone to help with, with the bar and the drinks. And then we needed other assistance with just like, I needed an assistance with all the shirts and not messing mm. up everyone's orders and just staying on track. So like I said, it's, it's a learning experience. Yeah. I feel like the best way is to kind of have like a shell of what you want and possible possibly some assistance outside of mm. like your your business and and just learn from it each and every time and people understand um we never really got anyone of like oh like you took x amount of time everyone they they know that they're making that we're giving them a shirt that they selected in real time so mm. at the end of the day everyone was happy on both sides oh that's awesome so when you were starting um because i was going through I think you have two social medias, right? Like one for Cintitula and then one like personal, but you also like mm -hmm. promote your stuff. But I saw that you didn't like started posting until like 2021, but that was also like not as consistent, at least from what I saw. But um, I saw that you also had like a lot of success, like you were already doing like events and stuff like that. So how are you, was it mostly like word of mouth um, promote, like promoting your business, the so, clothing apparel? Mm, definitely instagram has been mm. our bread and butter yeah, of... i was looking at tiktok ah uh, yeah, yeah tiktok so tiktok was tiktok was a way for me to just like get to watch tiktoks i didn't even mm. want anyone to know i had a tiktok at first mm. um so that i remember i think my sister diana she has our our business one mm -hmm. but no tiktok we obviously i, I just started posting I think I posted one video and it, and it kind of blew up mm -hmm. and I saw that there was like a, um, a market for us to be on, on that platform. But to be honest, TikTok kind of gives me anxiety sometimes <laughs> with like posting and just making sure like a video was perfect. I'm like, you know what? Mm -hmm. People don't really care if it's perfect. We're on Instagram. Um, that one we, that one we've been posting on consistently. That's mm. always like our, our go-to yeah. and how we connect people to our website is usually like, if we have an event, we're like, okay, link in bio to RSVP. Mm. And then that's how we get them to our website. So our website yeah. and our Instagram are kind of like tied in together. Mm, okay. That makes, that makes, yeah. Cause I didn't really check your Instagram cause I'm more in TikTok. So for me, it's like, okay. Like usually when I find people that I want to uh, have on, on my podcast is like through TikTok um yeah that's interesting okay now i have to go check your instagram so everybody who's listening go check out instagram instead um and their website okay i have another question because in in the tech talk you also mentioned how or you put you did a video where um your mom makes the beanies like handmade beanies how mm -hmm. how did that start like how did your mom became part of that of like your whole your business 
Yeah. So growing up, my mom always made us these these hats or these mm-hmm. little like winter headbands. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when it was Christmas time, my my mom would always ask like, "Oh, what are your friends' favorite colors?" So she just loved giving them out mm-hmm. and and loved making them. So that was her little creative outlet. Um, just in terms of like, she really couldn't monetize on it. She's like, mm-hmm. "But it makes me happy." So, um that's what we kind of grew up on and I don't know essentially how the beanies came in but maybe I don't know but I just knew and I think my mom also knew she was like hey like I see that you guys are doing so well with this like if you want like I could have my beanies just like a typical mom like she's like let me know where I could help (laughs) um and then we first implemented the the beanies which is so nice and she gets so excited when someone buys one Mm -hmm. um and then she also makes the flags that yeah. are behind me. Awesome. And these are really uh, one of our like best sellers in terms mm-hmm. of like, especially just knowing that my mom like handmade this and she didn't even know how to make these flags prior. <laughs> so like the beanies, she was like she's modified and, and perfected, right? Mm-hmm. But the banderas, I was like, mom, like I really want to sell something similar that kind of represents our blended culture. Mm-hmm. Um, she's like, I'll figure it out. And... <laughs> she figured it out and now she she can whip through them like left and right so that's that's how a layer of just like not only like generational wealth for myself and my sisters it's now like my parents are also beneficiaries of of our brand which is a beautiful thing yeah it is it's so awesome when i saw that i was like oh i guess it's just awesome like like especially when your parents like support you and then like and then being able to be part of that that's that's awesome Mm-hmm. Um, during your experience well, when starting out and like, even now with like, the su- success that you have, um, how was, what were some limiting beliefs that you had to like, um, kind of like m- maybe either overcome or just like still, or still working on? What are some what? Limiting beliefs or beliefs that you had were like, it kind of like might have stopped you or blocked you. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that I always, um, put in the back burner, cause there's so many elements into a business was mm-hmm. like the, the government aspect of the business. So that's mm-hmm. like registering your business, um, getting an EIN, trademarking your things. And that just seems like a scary thing. Cause it's like, oh, you have to talk to accountants. You have to talk to lawyers. Mm-hmm. You have to go on a website that's so outdated that it's not even like user friendly. So all those Mm -hmm. things kind of, I always got away from and I tried to avoid as much as I could. So honestly, like operating without some of those things, which you're able to for actually for two years um, was scary. And like, I always anticipated someone asking like, oh, like, Mm -hmm. can we have like your EIN? And I'm like, we don't have one. But thankfully, like, we were able to kind of, like, continue for a while without that. But then when I kind of, like, mustered up the the courage to, like, Mm -hmm. you know what, let me just do it. And honestly, I think I was more afraid than it actually ended up being. Mm -hmm. Um, But you're just so afraid of, like, it kind of felt like I was doing my FAFSA again, where I'm like, (laughs) I feel like I'm fucking up and... I I don't want to mess this up, but like some of the the terminolo- terminology and the the language on some of these websites are just so 
they're just not they're not helpful mm. so going through that was something that always kept me like mm. I, I wouldn't want to say imposter syndrome but I felt like I was I was hiding something mm. and um just just doing that hurdle and like asking for help and and making that leap really helped kind of yeah. ease my mind but then also set my business up for for better success because like mm. you get a lot you get a lot of benefits registering um your business and um rather than just doing it doing it like from a personal aspect and and mm. saying like it's your income it's your business's income now and how you separate the two um but that's still a learning process and like i can't really rely on my parents too much i feel like they rely on us to give them that mm. information it's like hey i don't even know that because um, yeah. my dad is also an entrepreneur, so mm-hmm. just trying to go through that process alone and and really just making it work at the end of the day. Yeah, I think I think um, I was having a conversation with my mom like a few days ago, where she was talking because my mom's my mom wants to do like real estate investing and like she has her little costura business where she like teaches kind of like she mm-hmm. has like one student, but um, <laughs> um, she was like telling me how there's there's this um lady that she because she goes to english classes and she she was talking to this lady where the husband is um like a construction worker and he makes good money but he wants to start his own business and the but and the only thing that's like kind of like stopping them from doing so is all that like paperwork or like registering your business getting the insurance getting the licenses like all of that and then my mom was like that's crazy because you know my mom like kind of went through that because they also have a, a construction business for flooring and my mom had to figure it out, which is kind of like harder too, because my mom doesn't speak English that well. So that's another like barrier on top of that. Mm-hmm. So she has to find people who speak Spanish as well, which can sometimes be hard um, to do so. But um, yeah, it's just like, but yeah, like having that obstacle of like figuring things out and and the business aspect to have every every legal thing um, set, it's definitely a, an obstacle that many of us have. Um, yeah do you have um any other because you also have the mental health discussions how let's start let's talk a bit about that like how did that started so if you would have asked like 2020 me i would have been like i we're not doing that (laughs) (laughs) um not to say like i don't at the time i i just didn't really have mental health top of mind and with Sintitoro, it's an extension of like my identity and my sister's identity. Um, so anything that I want to do, like I put into the business essentially. Mm. So it actually started when we had a partnership with um, a mental health coffee shop here in Chicago. Mm-hmm. And um, they wanted shirts and they wanted to buy shirts in like bulk and, and crew necks and all that stuff. So I'm like, okay, we can do the apparel. Like, here you go. Mm-hmm. So they selected what it would say on the front and we just kind of um were the the manufacturer for for them in terms of that mm-hmm. but then like he wanted it to be more of a partnership of like okay like um come to he would have weekly i believe discussions but he had this big one for their third year anniversary and he randomly asked me he's like do you want to be on the panel and i was like <laughs> me being a businesswoman i'm like sure like mm-hmm. uh, I'll do it. Like I don't. I didn't know the topic. I didn't. I've never talked about my mental health mm-hmm. to that capacity because it was it was um, a big event at a at a theater, 
wow. like a venue, like a large venue where concerts are. Mm-hmm. So um, I was like, sure, because honestly, they had a great platform and I love what they were doing. I admired it from afar, but I wasn't mm-hmm. like inputted and then inputted into um their their branding and be like oh yeah like I'm for mental health I'm I'm here talking about mental health 24 7 so then that event happened and the topic was kind of self-love but it was it was very broad mm-hmm. and I would randomly get asked questions I didn't even know the questions beforehand so he was asking me questions oh, wow. of like do you love yourself um identity crisis with how you pronounce my name mm-hmm. um and that layer and then I brought in my parents into some of the answers and I just realized like I had a lot of things built up mm. and here I am spilling my heart out in front of all of these random strangers and I remember I heard my my voice crack because I was just holding back the tears and there was a therapist there that really tied in everyone's thoughts um mm. from more of a professional aspect to be like oh like your thoughts are valid and x y and z in terms of um his perspective as a therapist Mm -hmm. so then when when the event ended a bunch of people like came up to me of different backgrounds different ethnicities ages and they're like wow like your voice um in your storytelling is so powerful like i felt myself in some of what you were saying and some of your words so like not only did i feel uplifted um the audience really connected with my story Mm -hmm. and then um the therapist, his name is Fabrice, um, also came up to me and was like, you have something here. And I was like, I feel really good. And I want to feel like this again. I, I would love to have some implementation of mental health in, mm-hmm. in Sintitolo. How do I do that? So then I spent a winter in Mexico City mm-hmm. uh, and wow. really wanted to hone in on how I wanted our mental health to look. But because we can't just pick up any mental health book because it's not written for us. It's not written mm-hmm. for products of immigrants. It's not built for um, our type of identity. So really trying to like start somewhat from scratch and be like, how do I want these discussions to look? Mm-hmm. I really honed in on the storytelling aspect of just essentially having a conversation and a conversation is healing in itself. Um, and so I spent the winter and then the spring in preparation for our first event, which was on Cinco de Mayo, a very mm-hmm. intentional date of wanting to, to take back that that day, essentially mm-hmm. recolonize our own holiday. Um, and um, that one was about intersectionality and how mm-hmm. does your identity show up in the workplace, in your brand, in your everyday life. Mm-hmm. And that was a beautiful event with, um, honestly, it was like, friends, loved ones, people that we admire in the community mm. coming together. And then that same therapist, Fabrice, was our moderator, our therapist. Mm. And we've been keeping it up since then. And one of the things that a lot of people really hone in on is being a product of immigrants. And how does that look? How does um, how do we do generational? How do we heal our generational trauma and our inner child and mm-hmm. and really tap into our our early stages of life and how that shapes us out today and like talk about some of the good talk about some of the bad but at the end of the day have a sense of community and feel like we're not alone um but that's how that was implemented long story short (laughs) that's so awesome because i I, if i was a venture i would love to like to go and 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 go into one of those events because you don't really um i mean i live in like in my own bubble like i don't really go out but like 
like you don't also you really don't see these type of events like out there especially like mental health where like in um maybe like even like hispanic or or maybe any cultures like it can be taboo to talk about mental health like like how mm-hmm. there's like um beliefs where like therapies for those for those locals and, and you know stuff like that where we have to start having those conversations about mental health with our families and then with like friends and then like as a whole community which is like so awesome i was um i'm doing this course right now with i don't know if you know him but it's like fred broca he's a like a spiritual teacher and he and in this course he talks about healing your in spanish it's sanación sanar tu árbol familiar which is heal heal your family tree something like that which is which is pretty interesting like it's it's like one class a week and then he gives us like homework but it's like a lot about like generational beliefs that that come to us and how we really have to see like really reflect on like what have we been taught and just not just like our parents but like in 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 um like the whole family which is pretty interesting because i i i was like reflecting and doing all this stuff and like and i see how there's like beliefs where i'm like okay i'm not really i don't really want to be part of that belief and then there are other ones where like like how you said like we also have to be proud of like those those like good moments those good things that our parents like gave us like those values and principles which is pretty awesome and and now i'm able to it's not like a, an, an event but i'm i'm able to like reflect like these these um or have these conversations in a course which is pretty pretty cool and yeah and if, and like people who are listening like you yeah, could go check out fair broker too i i always like talk about him so because like with him like i with you like how you had your event with the where you were like oh i don't really talk about my mental health for me it was it was him like i was able to reflect more about like okay how can i start healing healing my my traumas and stuff like that that's awesome mm-hmm. <laughs> um let's is there like any other any other stuff like when you were doing the mental uh, mental health discussions what were like some other insights that you might have gotten like during this this journey mm-hmm. about yourself about myself um about myself um, i realize i rant a lot and i have a lot to say I feel like um, always keeping things inside, and especially um, with my like one-on-one therapy sessions, I tell mm-hmm. her, I'm like, I like to rant. Like, I just like to like spill it all out there. Yeah. And then I started using Instagram too to go on my rants. Mm-hmm. And they're like five, six stories long. And then people are probably wondering like, what am I doing? <laughs> but having just, just, honestly like talking about it out loud and like listening to yourself talk Mm. you have these epiphanies of like how you are like who you are as being Mm -hmm. and it could be as simple as i'm gonna give a funny example of i eat really fast Mm. i didn't really know why i was always the first one to to finish my food in high school and i just eat really fast i look up and everyone's still Mm, eating I realized I do that because of my dad. Mm. So my dad is a very impatient person. And he, if there's a tortilla on my plate and he finished his, he'll take my tortilla. And he's like, oh, you can wait for the next one that your mouth's making. A piece of steak, he'll take my steak. Um, so my dad is very much like, um, oh, let me try everything. Mm. And like, if I'm done with my food, but I'm still hungry, I'm going to eat my child's food. Mm. Uh-huh. 
so that's a funny example of just how like I literally just have to talk or I just have to observe my life and my habits and I'm like wait I'm connecting that to something that happened when I was a kid Mm -hmm. um another example could be like um how much I value things and how much I I I don't like sharing to an extent and I think Mm -hmm. it's because I grew up with two other sisters and we're all back to back to back so we had to share mm-hmm. everything essentially it was always like we we were grouped up in in a trio mm-hmm. um so so really just like at the end of the day um learning about yourself it it's like a full it's a lifelong course of of you and who you are as a being and sometimes you don't even know like why you do what you do yeah. so those were some of the things that I realized was I was just having self epiphanies as I was speaking out loud. Mm-hmm. Um, and I always love being on the panel myself because that helps me really connect with um, the audience rather than just being another listener. Mm-hmm. Um, whether I'm moderating or whether I'm answering the questions, I, that helps me. But then I also learned a lot about my friends that are on the panel, things that I didn't know about um, or things that you don't typically talk about, like, going out for drinks or going out to get coffee or co-working um mm-hmm. having our our discussions it's called fruits of my labor really um creates the platform for it to be okay to talk about these things and it's okay to i've teared up on on some of the the discussions and they're just powerful because it's like you're talking into the abyss but then there's an audience there that you feel their presence and mm-hmm. a lot of the times like those discussions are silent like so silent no one's on their phones yeah. but the power of the silence just means everyone's honing in and zoning in on what the discussion mm-hmm. is um but yeah that's awesome because I, I, again because i go back to like reflecting on on all these things that that you've been taught and like what you've been like telling yourself too because it's like there's like um i don't i don't remember i mean i hear this a lot with like the podcasts that i listen to but how your words are like very powerful and like sometimes we don't even know what we're saying like we just sometimes we're just in such autopilot or we numb our emotions so much or our beliefs whereas like sometimes we don't even know what we believe in and being able to reflect and and like how you have a space where you're able to talk about these things and where others are able to talk about these things like it's really important because then you're able to like to relate and 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 you have like that sense of like oh i'm not alone like there's there's other people who are dealing with these type of things which is mm-hmm. it was pretty awesome um there's this video that you posted in tiktok and and it was about your mom how how she wasn't able it was something like where she wasn't able to or she wasn't allowed to learn how to drive and learn how to speak english and all of that how do you think and i don't know if this is like too personal but how do you how did that in a way like influence or did it influence like who you are like to it did a lot um so growing up my mom and and today she's she's a very compliant um Mm -hmm. I will say submissive individual, um, but that's kind of how she grew up was like to be, to end up being a submissive wife. Mm -hmm. Um, And I didn't, 
I knew when I didn't know growing up, like I became the polar opposite of my mom in that aspect. Mm -hmm. I was the rebel. I was the one that always spoke up. If someone said something bad to me, I, I would come back and and say something bad back mm -hmm. and that was just because i was conditioned not to be like my mom in that in, in that scope yeah. so when it was time for um to leave from the family party at 2 a.m and i was ready my mom was ready and it's like my mom was always so scared to go talk to my dad because mm -hmm. then you come up with the the public rejection of like my 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 dad degrading my mom and be like no go over there mm. uh, i'll say that we're gonna leave when we want to leave and me mm. being seeing that at a young age i was like i'll go up there and i'll go do it for you mm. so then being that little kid that would talk back to their dad and be like dad like it's time to go home like it's 2 a.m come on um I, so i was like my mom's little warrior in that aspect mm. so even today I see it so often I'm like mom like you want to do this but like why don't you want to do it and then mm. she's like well your dad blah 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 and now that my sisters and, and I are adults we're able to kind of um do some of the things that my mom wants to do mm. um because we don't necessarily need our dad as, because back in the day like he was the one that drove us he was the one he mm. was like very much the driver of the whole family which in in very in a lot of families that's the structure of yeah. of the household. Um, but my mom was not allowed to drive. She didn't learn how to drive until I was, I believe in high school. And that was just because of necessity. Um, my mom was not allowed to take English courses because that was too much freedom and too much liberty, I, I suppose. Mm. My mom grew up not having friends um because that was a reason for her to be outside of the house and my dad did not like that mm -hmm. not to say like my dad was a villain 24 7 like but there were a lot of things that he was also conditioned into believing yeah. that he should be a husband and he should be harsh and he should have his wife in check 24 7 to so an extent like my dad was also conditioned to be of these characteristics mm -hmm. yeah and i think sorry i i just want to add that um in the course that i'm taking he he really emphasizes that thing that that um we shouldn't judge like our parents or our family members for like who they are or how they're implementing like good or bad mm -hmm. because that's what they've learned from their parents and like from generations back so um like we're like listening to these things where like we might judge someone but it's like but no like you also have to put put yourself in those shoes like how did he grow up how did your mom grow up? like those those things that that let us lead us to be who we are right now so that, yeah i just wanted to mention that because that's really important absolutely i think that's really important that goes to like that same philosophy and everything um why a lot of individuals don't know about like or understand immigration and immigration rights is because they don't put themselves they they dehumanize that aspect so in anything in politics and any social justice standpoints like if everyone just understood the other the other perspective or put themselves in that situation yeah. that's when you truly know so that disconnect of you not wanting to put yourself in those shoes that's when mm -hmm. people are like no like x y and z yeah. um but yeah that philosophy is very important mm -hmm. um did you want to i know i caught you off like 
Like middle, did you want to finish your thought or? Um, that was pretty much it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, I want to move into like the money aspect. I I I think like money beliefs is also like another thing that um is very taboo in at least in the Hispanic culture, at least in the Mexican culture, like or in my experience, like we don't really talk about money. So for you, like now in the business aspect and then like personal aspect, how is your relationship with money? How's your relationship with money like grown into um, like learning how to manage your business with money? Well, manage your business in the your business in the money aspect and then your own personal finances. Mm. Money has always been a scarcity growing up. And I feel like even when if I were to become a millionaire, I feel like it would still feel like a scarcity, Um, Mm. especially living through the 08 recession like yes I was a child and I was a kid and I didn't have like a job or anything but I saw the effects that that had on my family so Mm. growing up we lived in a one-story house with all of my aunts and my uncles so Mm. literally it was one room per family um so I grew up I I see photos and it's all of us together in in this house um but then we moved when I was in second grade to a beautiful home. We each got our own room. There was two living rooms, a huge mm-hmm. kitchen. Like I was like, wow, this is like quote unquote the American dream. And I lived a life of like, wow, like this is what it means to kind of like be successful. Mm-hmm. Um, especially in the terms of my parents' eyes. I'm sure that they saw it was a brand new home, um, a mortgage and all these things. And and then when the 08 recession hit, I would have periodic conversations or my mom would have conversations with me like Mija like one day like we might have to move and I'm like what are you talking about she's like well we haven't been paying the mortgage like at some point like the house is gonna be um taken from us from the bank I'm like the bank can't do that Mm -hmm. and like me just trying to understand and having those early conversations of like foreclosure as a kid and Mm -hmm. I was like I I don't understand like just in my head I was like why don't you just pay the bills yeah um but then like not really understanding like uh, the recession and my dad he his business was revolved around like luxury gold so like Mm -hmm. cadenas for quinceañeras and all that and and just like everyday stuff so one of the things that people cut off during the recession was some of those luxury items which happened to be what my dad did so then I started seeing my dad in a lot of like um odd jobs like Mm. there's this thing called chachachero when you would like literally like go in alleyways and like collect metal Mm. um my dad started working at a factory. I've never seen my dad. My dad has always been an entrepreneur. He's always been his own boss. So then just seeing him do these odd jobs, I was like, what's really going on? Yeah. And then it was finally my senior year of high school where the house was um, foreclosed on us. And um, I had to end up living with my aunt so I could finish off my, my final year at the high school that I started in. And then my parents had to go back to that same house that all of our family members grew up in. So then having to really go backwards and start from from day one, I was like, wow, like the the effect of of money and and how that you feel like you're secure and then something drastic Mm -hmm. out of your hands or maybe it is in your hands happens and then you're like, wow, like 
in a blink of a, of an eye, if you don't have a cushion or, or you don't have a game plan, it, it could really crumble in front of your eyes. So then I was always described to be a cola, like <laughs> always cheap, always like, I always had my own little money because I would bake cakes and I would sell them. I sold candy out of my locker in high school and middle school. Same. I was that little kid like hustling. So I always had my own little pocket of money because I didn't want to be relying on anyone else because mm. not to say that my parents were irresponsible with money, but I did see a lot of irresponsible actions from them. Mm. So I didn't trust my parents with money. I, and I still don't to this day. <laughs> um, just because like once again, they weren't taught to invest save all of these things and i'm still like trying to learn it and trying to catch up because as a first generation mm -hmm. kid i feel like your salary to an extent i was the first one to have a salary in my mm -hmm. family and, and just like the thought of that the first time my dad saw my uh w2 he's like you make this amount of money and i was like yeah it's so little it's like entry level and I remember the accountant was like, yeah, that's what you get for going to college and all this stuff. And not saying like college equates to a good pay or anything, but I was the first one to really like figure out like a 401k, mm. have my own insurance, thankfully, um, and all these things. But my salary to an extent was, I had to share out that salary. I had to share mm. when, when, with my grandma and her medical expenses when something happened, they would call us up and they'd be like, okay, like how much can, can Irais give? How much is my mom gonna give? How much are my sisters gonna give out mm. to contribute to this pool? So there was always this constant like, okay, like yeah, yeah, sick, everyone pitch in and medical expenses are, are not cheap. When my parents, it, it's pretty rare, but sometimes my parents do ask me for money and mm. I lend it out to them and they end up paying me back or um, paying for lunch, paying mm. for all these like random little things. Yeah. But then also to in a layer, like I was, I did grow up very like frugal, mm. but then once I started getting a salary, I'm like, I like nice things. And I feel like people that come up from a low and middle-class income, you become very materialistic. Like we are one of the mm. most materialistic individuals because it's things that we don't have or things that we didn't grow up things that are glamorized and that's something that I learned in my marketing class in college. So then I started buying a bunch of shit and I'm like, what, what happened to the frugal me? So now mm -hmm. it's like an imbalance of like trying to be frugal, but then also trying to treat yourself. And we always get told like, Oh, like you deserve that $8 coffee, but I'm like, do you deserve it every single day? And then it's like a slippery slope of like, don't get into the habit of these things. Cause then like, how you grew up and how your parents grew up, it it could easily reflect and, and be affected for you. So there's a lot of layers into money, I'll be honest. Um, any type of like money discussions with my parents, I usually get frustrated with because mm -hmm. they expect me to be a certain way. And I expect, I, I try to keep myself accountable and try to keep myself safe mm -hmm. in terms of finances. But then one of the things in like Mexican culture is like, your money's my money. You have mm -hmm. to help out family members, blah, 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 blah. Um, so it's a process. And I feel like right now I, I go through waves of like trying to be 
financially stable and I am, but then there's times where it just, it just slips a little and I'm like, Oh, like I have to get back to it. I have to get back to it. But then it's like, once you slide down, it's really hard to get up. It was easy to go down. It's easy to spend money, (laughs) (laughs) but then it's like, once you start cutting off those costs and I love to travel, like that's one of my things Mm -hmm. on like TikTok and on the business, we have a blog for it was, I love to travel and sometimes that's my little slippery slope is like mm-hmm. I love to escape Chicago winters um and when I'm on vacation I just love to like I should really start budgeting more but <laughs> I just love spending <laughs> and I'm like at the end of the day that's an experience and and there's some things that I'm okay with spending mm. but then when I come back but then I have to put myself back into reality and be like okay like the business needs to be fruitful mm. I need to be personally good and then once I have that when I kind of feel like I'm being like squeezed in in a sense Mm -hmm. of like okay like I have to cut costs Mm -hmm. that's when I really thrive so just trying to find a good balance between Mm -hmm. the two and not repeating habits um and having some of these conversations with your parents is tough but like we got to keep on going at it and something that I really want to do um for future me is like go to some of these discussions of like financial financial freedom whatever x y and z may think or thing may be of just Mm -hmm. just to know like not necessarily like saying like oh I want to go into real estate and I want to know about this Mm -hmm. but it's just good to know it's good to know some of these things because in high school and college those things were not taught to us um so definitely in Chicago, there are a lot of good resources and, and a lot of like small businesses that focus in on these topics. Um, it's just me going to them and, and just kind of being like a sponge and absorbing all that just to mm-hmm. kind of have in my back pocket. Yeah, I, I want something I want to point out with, with you was the the setting boundaries like family members, because mm-hmm. like, yeah, that's um, I, was, I had an in, um, a podcast interview with I don't know if you met genesis or heard about genesis it's like her her hand is like genuinely genesis no oh, yeah i think so I, I, well she i interviewed her a few weeks ago and she was talking about how um because she's a mom she's a and she has a nine to five all that but she we were talking about money in at some point and she was saying how she doesn't let her family members like use her money like or borrow money in that sense um because it goes back to like beliefs like where it's like once you have money it's like they they could start asking for money but she mm-hmm. said she she told me how she doesn't give her money but she tries to help out in like in other ways but not financially because that's a boundary that she had to that she had to yeah make. but it's like really that's important smart. um for you have you done or not done um like read any books or any course maybe uh, videos where you start like educating yourself and like the financial financial Mm, I have a bunch of books Uh, during last year during Hispanic Heritage Month I bought a bunch of books Mm. and I wasn't much of a reader I'm gonna be honest (laughs) but this this year I've really tried to hone in on like reading a book a month Mm. um and they really focus on like Latina stories um mental health not directly mental health but like mental health related books um financial books so i haven't gotten into my financial books yet Mm. but the one that everyone talks about is like um 
what's it called like rich dad poor dad something like that yeah that one's in my room i need to read Mm -hmm. that one yeah that sparks Um, like a lot uh uh-huh um there's a couple others that i don't truly fully but i did i would recommend i have three journals Mm -hmm. so one's for mental health so one's like my everyday stuff one's Mm -hmm. for traveling traveling journal um and then my third one is like a financial planner Mm. and for me what I realized is that if I just keep on writing down things and I see like the problem or or my goal Mm. in front of me that just helps me keep myself accountable Mm. so then in the book it has it has structure so it's just not a blank page it's like okay what are your goals why are they your goals so then Mm. really putting reasoning behind your goals once you have intention with your goals and not just a goal just to say that you have a goal Mm -hmm. that's when you start seeing a difference so even like books like atomic habits and and just creating like a good um good resources on your why helps a lot because i've noticed i've read books of like finance and i'm like i get bored because i'm like i feel like people are just telling me what to do but i need like I need to have a reason behind it. Mm. So I guess my two cents on like finances is like, don't just have a goal, just have a goal, like figure out your why. And once you have a why, that's going to be your self-motivation on wanting to keep up with it. Just create like small little goals Mm. that have good intention behind them. Yeah. Yeah. And one of the books that I always recommend or a few books, like one of them is like Rich Dad Poor Dad. The other one is um, Think and Grow Rich, The Secrets of the Millionaire Mind. The psychology of money um i think those are the ones that come to my to mind but then like other um in like podcasts or like videos from youtube like people that i recommend too is um eder campos he he's more like in like the you said like spiritual side i'm not I'm not spiritual i don't know like yeah go search him up but but um he and he's in spanish so you speak spanish like go check him out um, but he talks about how in some of his years he talks about money and how money is energy. And um mm-hmm. so because it's energy, you you really gotta be intentional with your money and and not treat it as a scarce or like scarcity or it's not like those beliefs you have money about like words like limiting like uh oh like so call that like those like those type of things, like why like you gotta go into like why am I called that and then like, it goes back like it, it like breaks down a lot of like stuff. And um, mm. one of his videos that I watched, like, at the end of last year was uh, where he was talking about, or he gave this exercise where you, like, wrote a letter to money. Like, because, like, he says how money oh. is, is your friend, so you got to treat it as your friend. So, again, it goes back to energy. And then in this letter, you have to, it was, um, it was, don't, like, call me on this, like, go watch the video. I'll probably, like, link it on the description for those who want to see it. But um, it was uh, right about like your experience with money, the things like how you treated it. And then the last, I think the last part was like, how are you going to commit to having a better re- relationship with money? And mm. yeah, it was like something like that. So it was like pretty interesting. Is And another thing that he, he said, it was like with the dollar signs, you're not supposed to write it down because like the energy goes down. Like you're supposed to write your dollar signs like going up. Oh. Which is like pretty interesting. So I was like, what? Like that's... That's weird, but like things. I'm, I'm, a, I'm gonna start doing that too. Like I'm gonna start doing my, my dollar signs. Like oh, so yeah, like those, yeah. like those stuff. Like we don't really know about. Like if I didn't know about those stuff. Like until I started watching him, um, 
let's see the todo mucho is is like also like a very like a personal development podcast it's in spanish too but they have some guests where like they talk about money um but yeah i just like recommend like not just going into like the the logical side of of money like when you're trying to learn is they like go into like the emotional side too because mm-hmm, you, mm-hmm. you see like a lot of pattern patterns not only in yourself but like the family members also have so that's really really important but yeah, yeah. just just my two cents right there um i like that and let's go with the last part where i want to talk about your travels because you said how you escaped your chicago, chicago winters like to go travel mm-hmm. when so let's go like what was your first travel experience Um, 2016, 2016, I studied studied abroad in Barcelona, mm-hmm. and then every week went every weekend went to like a different country. Oh, wow. uh, that was amazing. I don't even know how to describe it. Like it was so surreal. Like and it was yeah. so taboo. Mm-hmm. No one in my family traveled. My growing up in an undocumented environment mm-hmm. and just seeing like how a simple piece of paper gets to say yes or no for you to leave the country and explore and, mm-hmm. and literally let life be your your college and your school mm-hmm. was something that I thought about and like also didn't think about. So definitely 2016 kind of was like my, created my travel bug. Um, mm-hmm. And then during college, it was a little bit more difficult because obviously like college salary or um, college student, budgeting and all that um so then after that and i guess more recently as of september i've been to peru colombia cuba costa rica mm-hmm. la a couple times and it's like i always hone in on like latin american countries of like one it's amazing to see how like our our culture is like intertwined but individually it stands on its own two feet mm. where you go and especially just always connecting back and like keeping up with my Spanish is is something um yes I could talk to my mom each and every day about in Spanish but mm. going to a different country and for, fully immersing yourself into the culture and the food and the language is a beautiful thing that I it's one of my reasonings to travel um but then also like to an extent like my mom travels through my eyes and sometimes I feel guilty and I wish I could bring her up in my little suitcase and and take her with me but I've gotten a lot of backlash for traveling as well because one it's like shouldn't that money be put into your family like I've been told that um I've been told I think it was a joke hopefully it was a joke but there's always some truth in jokes of I'm a drug dealer and that's how I have money I, there's a lot of toxic people in, in families. Um, oh yeah, so then that goes into like the money aspect is like, oh, like she's doing so well. Who did she screw over? Who, mm. she must be doing something um, not ethically correct. Um, yeah. So then honestly, I let a lot of those things like, at, they don't even enter my mind. They don't even like keep me up at night. I think it's more funny than anything <laughs> that people have my life in their mouth. Like mm. why what I do why are my actions affecting you so much mm. when my mom and my dad are are okay and they're proud of what I do and those are the only two people that I need like 
approval from. Um, but even my dad sometimes, he's like, why don't you just go back to your roots and just go back and go visit like family members in, in Michoacan where mm-hmm. our family's from. Um, he looked at me sideways when I said I was going to Mexico City. He's like, why? Mm-hmm. Um, so one, I have my dad that that's kind of like that, that old school, like just use your money and go spend it with like your family. Um, but then I have my mom, she's like, oh yeah, like do this. Like, I want to go to do these things. And it's like, what do I do when I tell, when my mom says like, oh, I wish I could go here. Mm-hmm. When I went to Thailand, she was like, oh my gosh, I wish I could go to Thailand. Like it looks so beautiful. And I'm like, damn, sorry, mom. <laughs> um, so traveling is, is a blissful thing, but then it's also like, there's a layer of guilt in there. Um, but at the end of the day, I feel like it, it, it reconnects me with myself. It gives me, it gives me another purpose to, to move on, um, and progress as an individual, um, especially being in Latin American countries. I, I get to hear firsthand, like how the experience is and, and understand my privilege. Like that's something that not too many people talk about is like the privilege aspect into traveling and how coming up from an immigrant household how how does that tie in and how does traveling positively and negatively affect mm-hmm. a country and um tarnishing cultures and whatnot so i'm a big advocate for like one if you travel like do it genuinely and do it without or as minimalistic of of destroying culture economy x y and z thing but then also like think about traveling and then how does that connect to immigration rights like if you travel i feel like to an extent you should also be um an advocate for immigration rights because what you're doing is because of your privilege aspect of your status of what your passport is coming from so then that's something that i'm once again, an epiphany that I had, I'm like, why do I always feel some type of way about white travelers traveling in, in an ingenuine way or using their platform for good? And then I'm like, you know what? Because it's like, they don't see the privilege aspect in in that and how, how a lot of people don't get to have that advantage and, and get to have that luxury. Um, so once again, a lot of epiphanies here with traveling, but overall, I love it. Um, and I want to be an advocate for Latinos, Latinas to travel more. Cause once again, like I said, there's so much negativity revolved around that being selfish mm-hmm. when it really isn't. Yeah. And, and at the end of the day, like while you're traveling and not just traveling to your home, home country, but like traveling to others, it's like you're breaking generational beliefs and also opening possibilities for those who are ahead of you like the future you say because mm-hmm. like, like at least like also in my experience like none of my family has ever traveled and um i'm undocumented so i can't travel outside of the u.s but i've tr- i've been able to travel um to florida and to texas and i think thankfully because of my cousin like she was able to help me with that and um but my cousin the, the, my older cousin um she was able to get her what's it called her residency so she's mm-hmm. been able to travel outside to Mexico and it's like in Baja California. I don't remember the name, but mm-hmm. somewhere in Mexico and then to Aruba. I think that's what it's called. And so like she mm-hmm. she's like breaking those like generational things yeah. and like and like saying like oh it is possible like you can travel, and I, and I feel like 
these like experiences are like, really cool because it not only opens to like you breaking generational patterns but like you breaking your own beliefs and also like again how you like being able to reflect because traveling is not selfish and you don't have to go to your home country all the time especially like to like visit family i know like one of mm-hmm. the experiences with my my cousin she also went to um, mexico and like um for her it kind of felt like she wasn't able to like truly experience mexico at least how she wanted to because she had to take like the whole family and like because yeah. she came because they think like you're in the u.s like you make money or something like even though you don't and, and to an extent it's like she had to like pay for everything so yep. so that was like yep. so she was like ah like i want to see my family but like this aspect of like me having to spend money for them is it's not mm-hmm. like, the best because it, it hits like the finances too it does honestly it feels like you're obligated to be santa and yeah. it's like i could be santa for like a second but like 24 <laughs> 7 mm-hmm. yeah i relate to that a lot <laughs> yeah and i am um, uh, for me i have um since i'm undocumented i have daca though but i'm right now i'm working on my advanced bro so hopefully by some point this year I'm able to go to Mexico to see my my grandpa, but like even then, mm-hmm. like don't tell the government government. But I want to like go outside like to travel like areas around Mexico, but hopefully that happens. Because like, I, I it does. Yeah, I always had like that travel. Um, like I would. I think it's, like there's like those things where like the things that you have you like take for don't take for granted, mm-hmm. but the things that you don't have like you do, mm-hmm. or something like that. And for me, it's like Absolutely. because because I'm I'm not able to travel. It's like oh, I want to travel. Like I want to go. Out you have the urge to do it more i yeah. know so i'm in i'm a little in between where it's like i i not a lot of people like look at travel and they're like oh anyone could do it like you could do it at a low budget but it's like money isn't mm-hmm. the only obstacle for a lot of individuals so mm-hmm. then i had to grow up with people adjacent to me that are undocumented so it's like i could still have this liberty to move forward and, and do these things but then i'm like wait but then like i'm always reminded of like a lot of people that aren't so once people have that mindset i feel like there could be a lot of progress in immigration rights hopefully because people don't put themselves in those positions and it's like you want to do these things and it's like okay you just pick up your passport and then you go but it's like what if you don't have a passport like then what do you do you know becky Mm -hmm. (laughs) 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 yeah there's um who it was just so I don't know if you heard about Sylvia the Nomad. Like her handle is like Sylvia the Nomad. She's like um, uh, she does van life. So she we, we were also talking about that how um, oh, yeah, because she like does like a lot of traveling. But yeah, it's like pretty interesting. Like for me, it's like really interesting like to have these conversations like like with women like you or like women who like, who have different careers and in this case like traveling because it really like opens up the conversation and like the experiences that people have. It's not always gonna be, it's not always gonna be the same. And mm-hmm. we also like talk about how like representation like, is like really important, like in any industry, in any niche really, and 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 in the travel and just travel niche um is we were talking about travel niche specifically, on representation, which is like pretty, like it has to be done more. And we were talking about how if you don't see like yourself in like, these social medias or um or yeah you know, social medias mostly, like you try to do it yourself and um and even like with me like let's say like I want to see more like undocumented undocumented or daca recipients um like traveling more like even if it's like in the u.s but mm-hmm. but i've always had like that that um 
how would you say con controversy in my head where like do i really want to go and like to other states in the u.s where like they're not even like allowing me to travel so mm -hmm. like that rancor type of thing like do i really mm -hmm. want to do that but it's like that's like my only option to travel in a way so i don't know those like those are like con conversations i have with myself like do i really want to go out and travel to other states and mm -hmm. some are like really pretty like i see like some some social media posts and it's like oh i want to go there but yeah those are conversations to have um <laughs> sorry i want to get a little rant um before we end because we were about an hour in i want to ask I, I usually ask this question what were your top top experiences through this whole journey in in Cintitulo and then like in your personal life as well if you have any i'm pretty sure you do um but like your top experiences that you had like achievements wins like small or big any of them we are an online store however we got an opportunity to do a pop-up like in a physical location for mm. two months so mm. when we opened that up that was that was nice to have a home away from home for Cintitulo um our first event we it was a small it was one of the first events after covid mm -hmm. i remember that and we got like over 100 rsvps in this space oh. i think only uh, the space was not allowing 100 people and we had a line we had a line oh. and it was hailing or snowing one of the two and people were waiting in line wow. i i came outside and i gave people shots like tequila shots to say <laughs> thank you for being in line so that was one of our earlier accomplishments. Mm -hmm. um, let me think, what else? Our Cintitolo Cinco de Mayo first mental health discussion was was really nice because it was a full fruition of what I've been working on for months. Mm -hmm. um, we've gotten a scholarship with Soho House um, in terms of like working on projects and that project mm -hmm. was actually the Cinco de Mayo event so mm -hmm. having resources like corporate resources has really helped um elevate and really speed up our process on what we want to do mm -hmm. um personally I always go back to like the traveling aspect but like Peru Peru was one of the countries that I've wanted to go to since I was young mm -hmm. I was always gravitated towards like the the indigenous fabric and, and the colorfulness and I was mm -hmm. like I don't even know like any Peruvians <laughs> or about Peru itself but it just looks so beautiful and just like being there in person and mm -hmm. and um experiencing the, the natural beauty of like the Andes Mountains and alpacas just walking around like on the street and the indigenous ties too of like in school they learn the indigenous language and mm. how they speak on the knowledge aspect of like their ancestors is just a beautiful mm. thing um whereas like in, in mexico sometimes i can get um lost generation from generation just because of colonizers um That's wanting to wash it out um yeah. but that was that was refreshing to see mm. um personally i i also i don't even know if you know this but i also work like a nine to five oh yeah job and i think one of my accomplishments yes was starting off in that but then also like knowing utilizing 
my voice to advocate for when things aren't right. Mm -hmm. So having to go through the process of standing up for myself and being like, this is a toxic work environment. Mm -hmm. is something that I recently had to go through. And although it was like one of, it was, it was tough to go through and, and go through repeating my story and these examples of like microaggressions or um, micromanaging or whatever it may be of like, this isn't healthy. And just because you pay mm -hmm. me doesn't mean that you deserve to treat me in X, Y, and Z format. So really just being on the other side of like being in a healthier work environment um, is tough to do, but I'm glad that mm -hmm. I did it. Um, I think that's all I got before I start rambling. <laughs> I want to, I, I, there's like two questions that came up to mind for the, the job aspect. How have you been able to, are you still working on the market? So how have you been able to balance that out with like the business aspect of it? Oh, that's tough. <laughs> um, so honestly, just really utilizing my free time and mm. Thankfully, I get to work from home, so then mm, I okay. can do things interchangeably. Yeah. But there have been times where I just feel stressed. Um, but I think with this new role and this new team that I'm having, I think that there's a lot more leniency into that. Mm. Um, but what I kind of do, too, is just, like, have meetings with myself in terms of the business or have, like, mm -hmm. a to-do list or a checklist and I don't necessarily have to check off everything on my checklist every day. Um, but I don't know. There, It's tough. There's a combination of like my job, but then also rest. And rest is one of those things that could become a slippery slope. But it's like we deserve those things. But we're conditioned to not want to work or condition. Oh, my headphones just died. Um, conditioned to um not rest and, and not prioritize mm. that so there's a lot of things there's mm -hmm. no one simple answer for that because i'm still learning on that <laughs> no that's the same i asked the same question to um genesis and she said the same thing like it's like fl being flexible with the schedule being able to adapt because she also because for me like it's i don't i don't have a nine-to-five job right now um and i also i'll add that one of the reasons why i don't have a nine or kind of like stayed back from that is those beliefs were like toxic environments like I don't want to mm -hmm. it kind of like I kind of self-sabotage myself to like not do, do a nine-to-five because of because of like those like beliefs that you have about about nine-to-five like toxic environments mostly white people there's like no not a lot of community you know those mm -hmm. those types of stuff but I probably need a nine-to-five job soon anyways um but yeah the, the the scheduling being being able to reprioritize your day because there's like at least like for me there's like times where i want to do this at a specific time and a specific time but then there's like events that like you don't see coming and it like ruins your whole schedule and then for me sometimes i go into like a down spiral where like oh i should have done this whatever but um mm -hmm. yeah just like being able to reprioritize your day is really important and then the other question i want to ask you was the name of your of your brand i probably should have asked this since the beginning but why did you choose the name sin titulo that's funny um because um so when we started up our agreement of we were going to do this business mm -hmm. i had 
started a group chat and I'm like, it tells me I have to name the group chat. Like, what do I name it? And then my sisters were like, oh, just call like Cinti Pelo, like just for now as a placeholder. Mm. Um, but I feel like we kind of grew into our brand. So like our purpose came after it because we're like, okay, we just randomly came up with this name. Mm. But Cinti Pelo has branded itself into going into whatever direction that we wish it to be. So we started off with shirts mm. and then we started doing interactive events. And then we brought in like um, social networking events. Mm. And then now we do mental health and then we do traveling. So to the extent it just means like we kind of just do whatever we want to mm. do because we're not in a box. Mm. Um, so that's kind of the, the funny story, but then it, it really has fit into what we do. Oh, oh that's awesome. I, I wasn't expecting an answer, so that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. There's um, I would the there's this, I have like this course like a business aspect and a business a business course you could say, and they were doing like a quarterly planning or planner or something like that, and one of the things they were talking about was like projects on like what do you want to do for your business like to generate money, and and she was saying how, with the projects it doesn't necessarily have to be, it was more like what's the what's your mission and does that project like fit your mission and that's pretty much like what you guys are doing like, you have like these little things where you might think it's not related like mental health discussions and then like clothing or or networking events but because of like what your mission is like it, it all ties in together which is like mm-hmm. it's pretty awesome to see um yeah i think those are my my last questions and my last question was the accomplishments so I want to thank you, Iraiz, for being here, for having this awesome conversation. And for those who haven't checked out her her, or her, her and her sister's um, clothing store, like, go check it out. They have awesome t-shirts. I've seen them myself, so I can't wait, like, to earn some money and then, like, go buy some and support. <laughs> um, if you live in Chicago, go check out. <clears throat> Sorry. <laughs> go check out if they have any um, events going on soon. Do you have, I, I should ask, do you have any events coming up soon? Uh, we're working on a couple uh, for this bug. Uh, because we're an online store, we um, like to do pop-up shops mm-hmm. of just like connecting with our customers again. I also am working on our next mental health discussion. Our last one sold out mm-hmm. and uh, that was a lot. So <laughs> just continuing the conversation once again, um, bringing in some new voices, some new faces, um, mm-hmm. but yeah definitely like our spring summertime is when we like really amp up everything so mm. keep an eye out i've also um we like to do things in terms of like the month sometimes so, like Cinco de Mayo i mentioned um mm. so sometimes our topics are revolved around like the topic of the month or whatever it may be mm. um but yeah just trying to always keep up with it hopefully i'm gonna be in chicago for a little bit um <laughs> But yeah, the best way to just check that out is like our Instagram is always the most yeah. up to date with that. And then our website has like an events page. Mm-hmm. Can you share your social medias for those who want to who wanna check it out? I'll just that. Right. Um, yes. Our um, business Instagram is and then I should really get uh, a business TikTok, but honestly, it's just my name. It just kind of blew up. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's my first and my last name. So, you know, I use any last. Um, I'm sure we could put it like 
in the description. Yeah, in the description. Yeah, I'll leave all of the links in there. And then our website is sinkitoloshop.com. There you can shop our website, uh, mm -hmm. check out our event page. Um, if people are in Chicago and they want to volunteer, photographers, um, mm -hmm. volunteer people that day of, therapists, um, mm -hmm. we're looking to hire or get volunteers in those aspects if people want to help out. So we notice that a lot of people want to be a little bit more a part of the quote unquote mission. <laughs> um, or if they have a general question, there's a contact us page as mm -hmm. well. But, yeah. All right. Yeah, I'll definitely leave the links for those who want to check it out. And I want to thank you again for being here for for having this awesome conversation. And then you're always welcome back to. I can't like wait to see like your 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 whole business like blow up more and like scale scale more and, like and do like a whole million dollar business. I don't know. <laughs> I, I could already see it um yeah. <laughs> yeah so you're always welcome back to like share your progress and like even like maybe like your sisters like coming up to like since they're like part of the business too um yeah and like for those who are listening don't forget to give us a rating or a review in any podcast platforms that you're listening to and if you're watching this on youtube don't forget to subscribe like comment share all of that it really supports this podcast and yeah i'll see you in the next episode thank you bye thank you Attention entrepreneurs and business owners, are you struggling to get your message out to the world? Looking for a program that is designed to help you create, launch, and scale your digital business with confidence? Whether you're just starting out like me or looking to scale your business, this program has the tools and resources you need to make it happen. So if you're ready to take your business to the next level, check out my link today. On Melo Marosco Podcast and associated entities, all information provided is for general information purposes only and does not constitute accounting, legal, tax, or other professional advice. Listeners should not act upon the content or information found here without first seeking appropriate advice from an accountant, financial planner, lawyer, or other professional. We assume no responsibility for information contained on this podcast and associated entities and disclaim all liabilities with respect to such information, including but not limited to any liability for errors, inaccuracies, or omissions, or misleading or defamatory statements. Usage of this podcast and associated content constitutes and explicits an understanding and acceptance of the terms of this disclaimer.